So Shakespeare, Shrove Tuesday, and Lent. <clears throat> so today, according to the Christian calendar, is Shrove Tuesday, aka Fat Tuesday, aka Pancake Day, aka Fosnot Day, if you live in Pennsylvania. It is a day where um, it is the beginning of the spring season, uh, the time where we count down to Easter. It's sort of an inversion of the Christmas season in a way, in that the Christmas time is a time of luxury and uh, presents and, uh, uh, and eating and drinking and being merry, whereas um, Lent starts out with license and uh, an overeating and uh, basically celebrating all the this, this seven deadly sins that Christians are not supposed to do, and then begins 40 days of fasting and repentance and sobriety and self-denial. Uh, for those not familiar with, with Judeo-Christian theology, Lent is the uh, period that commemorates the period in which Jesus Christ uh, fasted in the desert for 40 days. He then entered uh, Jerusalem with his followers, had his last meal, the Last Supper, was betrayed by Judas, was crucified, died, and ascended to heaven on, uh, on Easter Sunday. Every, every aspect of the Easter story from um, from Christ's entry to Jerusalem to the um, to his uh, uh, to the Holy Thursday uh, celebration of the Last Supper to his death on the cross on Good Friday, which incidentally, oh yeah, the, incidentally the uh, the um, Holy Thursday meal uh, coincides with the uh, um, with Passover in the Jewish calendar, which is in itself. Um, coordinated by its closeness to the vernal equinox. It is the time in which the day starts to grow long and light and winter at last ends. It is a time of renewal. It is a time of purging the old and celebrating fertility and growth. Growth and fertility, pain and suffering, new th things dying and things born again. These extremes of uh, these extremes of emotion, states of being, and um, and dramatic stories are, of course, very good theater, and. Shakespeare, so it's no wonder that Shakespeare would choose to incorporate the concepts, themes, and motifs of uh, Shrove uh, Tuesday. Um, everything from Holy, uh, from Easter to, uh, to uh, I mean, Shakespeare uses a lot of Christian the, um, um, imagery and theology in all of his plays, but on a, uh, but he does specifically refer to Shrove Tuesday, pancake suppers. Um, he takes, he, to, uh, Shrove Tuesday in its traditions, namely pancakes, um, 
lint and the uh, um, and the threadbare and lean times it represents, um, and of course, a lot of his plays deal with the swinging back and forth, where where society is simultaneously getting ready to purge itself of sin and deny itself of pleasure. So I thought I'd explore that in um, by taking references, uh, by well, by uh, taking a, a look at some um, ex- uh, some samples of text in uh, Shakespeare um, that deal with these themes. First, uh, let's talk about um, Shrove Tuesday uh, in. In As You Like It, uh, Touchstone makes reference to a knight who uh, eats pancakes. Pancakes are, tr- are a traditional food in a lot of uh, uh, Christian communities because traditionally to begin the start of Lent, a time which is supposed to, uh, where one is not supposed to eat fat and not supposed to eat uh, meat on Fridays and not supposed to uh, uh, eat or drink to excess. Typically, it is celebrated by using up the um, the butter and oil in the house on Shrove Tuesday, um, which is why in many churches, um, maybe even one where you live, you'll see a pancake supper the day before Lent. Now, of course, this modest pancake supper um, is uh, one tradition of Shrove Tuesday, but there are many more elaborate ones. As I mentioned, there are also Fastnut Days, Donut Days, but the most extreme and extravagant celebrations of the purging of sin in preparation for Lent is, of course, Carnival, Mardi Gras, and the, uh, well, well, yeah, Carnival and um, Mardi Gras. The celebration of Mardi Gras in New Orleans is a uh, offshoot of the uh, Shrove Tuesday tradition, um, which is why it is often celebrated. As you can imagine, getting the chance to, to purge yourself from sin and do things that you wish you wanted to do um, makes people a bit self-conscious, uh, which is why traditionally, in a lot of cultures, Mardi Gras is celebrated by the wearing of masks, where people can pur- can adopt a, per- a more extreme personality and ex- adopt a more uh, extreme person uh, and uh, dance and drink and become almost more animalistic uh, with the avatar of a uh, of a face mask on it. Um, Shylock actually uh, um, ref- references this in The Merchant of Venice because, of course, Venice was famous and at the same time infamous for its um, carnival celebrations. Um, he instructs his daughter Jessica to shut up his doors and do not let the maskers in and do not look upon these Christian fools. I find it interesting that Shakespeare's play The Merchant of Venice, uh, if this indeed means that uh, this celebration is a carnival um, um, celebration, then it might very well, con- then the play itself might very well conclude around the time of Easter, which is especially significant considering that it ends with a, well, it is the stereotypical story that even though Jesus was crucified by the Romans, 
the Jews have for centuries taken the blame for his um, betrayal, conviction, and execution. And it, I don't think it's a coincidence that Merchant of Venice, the, final, the penultimate scene of the play, is a courtroom scene where Shylock attempts to take a pound of flesh from the Christian Antonio, who gives it as willingly as if he were Christ himself. And Portia, playing the judge in almost a godlike uh, um, uh, eloquence, utters one of the most famous speeches about, uh, from Shakespeare about theology, that the concept of mercy should be at the core of one's religion. The quality of mercy is not strained. It is an attribute to God himself. And after all, according to Christian theology, the whole point of Lent is to remember and celebrate Christ's sacrifice where we are redeemed from our sins. In a way, the sinful nature of, uh, of Mardi Gras is not just a purging of sin, it is also a a way of acknowledging the how far short we fall of God's perfect ideals. So it is not a flouting or, um, in essence, the, uh, the Mardi Gras and Carnival are not a, a flouting or a rejection of uh, Christian theology, it's reinforcement of it. We sin, we acknowledge our sins the next day on Ash Wednesday and don black clothes and become contrite. Um, and this is our way of uh, um, remembering Christ's sacrifice and how necessary it was. You might have noticed that I used the word purge repeatedly in reference to what people do on uh, Carnival and um, and Mardi Gras as a way of uh, um, releasing their sins. The Purge movies do in fact have a basis in this concept. Uh, traditionally, uh, the flowers that are part of Purge days are actually uh, um, given at uh, a Shrovetide. Um, and it is traditionally celebrated in mid-March, around the time of the vernal equinox. So, it is a... Um, so the Purge movies are a more extreme version of Mardi Gras, with the belief that the one tendency that people would indulge in more than anything else, if they could, uh, if they could would be murder, which is a very bleak comment on human society. What's interesting is that Shakespeare creates his, uh, his own sort of purging society in his play uh, Measure for Measure, and he creates a villain who is very much like an embodiment of, uh, um, of Lenten um, values of uh, uh, sobriety, self-denial, um, with, with, uh, with staining from uh, temptations of, uh, of uh, the flesh. And, um, but at the same time, um, just as Mardi Gras reminds us that we will never completely wash off sins from ourselves, Shakespeare's character Angelo shows that no man can, um, is without sin, and, no, and it is 
incredibly dangerous to assume that one is free from sin. That is denial of one's own humanity. It is self-deification, and therefore it is essentially blasphemous. As a short footnote, um, um, Mercutio makes reference to uh, Lent in uh, a brief song in Romeo and Juliet when he sings an old hair whore, where he is punning on... uh, um, This occurs when the nurse is trying to give a message to Romeo and and Mercutio decides to make fun of her. um, Possibly making fun of her clothing and possibly also calling her a whore uh, or a prostitute um, that um, see it was traditional to eat uh, less uh, more lean and uh, less appetizing um, uh, portions of, uh, of food uh, during Lent and uh, um, uh, hence the terms uh, Lenten pie or humble pie um, and um, Mercutio is uh, making a dirty reference to how the nurse herself, if she were a meat for such a one as he, um, it's a sexual reference, um, she would be a very Lenten kind of meat. Um, Mercutio's body language is a fixture of the play, and um, Shakespeare frequently uses Lenten as a shorthand for anything that is uh, not as enjoyable and probably lower quality than uh, the norm. Because, of course, the tradition of Lent is a tradition of self-denial. And in Measure for Measure, he creates a character who is obsessed with his own piety and self-denial. The character of the judge, Angelo, in Measure for Measure. He is a judge who is known for his piety in a society that is uh, that is become too loose, too carnivalish. Um, and he is um, charged by the Duke, who has chosen to leave uh, Vienna, to, um, with, uh, to become more draconian, to become more um, are strict and um, uh, um, and legalistic and punish people, use the fear of the law in order to command good behavior. He sets the same standards for everybody else that he does for himself, and that's why the central conflict of the play is between him and Isabella, whose brother, who hasn't committed any sins on stage, but her brother Claudio is guilty of adultery. Uh, well, not no, not guilty of adultery. He's technically guilty of fornication, in that he has consummated his marriage with a woman before pr- proceeding with the marriage rituals that I mentioned in, in my most recent Romeo and Juliet post. So he's being punished by fornicate for fornication in the strictest and most technical definition of fornication. He loves this woman. He has made a pledge for her to be his wife. Legally, they are married. But it's not good enough unless they make a formal um, request. They, um, they uh, get the consent of the parents. Um, they, and, they are perf- and they have a marriage ceremony performed uh, in a church. Um, unless he does all of those things, um, 
in Angelo's uh, mind, he is guilty of fornication. So you can see that Angelo has a stricter nature than most people would uh, would permit themselves, and he is utterly. Um, and the concept of mercy is just as alien to him as it was to Shylock. Um, the main difference between the two characters is that Angelo hides behind Christian piety, not Jewish piety. And he turns out to be even more morally degenerate than Shylock because he is um, he is trying to uh, manipulate uh, Isabella in order to get her to sleep with him. He wants to sleep with a nun because he thinks he deserves her. He thinks that she is a reward for his piety. Angelo forgot what any person who celebrates Mardi Gras and then Ash Wednesday does, that the purpose of Lent is to remind ourselves that we are human, know that we need mercy, and to celebrate the sacrifice that Christ made so that we can continue to be human and not try to utterly destroy our imperfections that make us human. So, Measure for Measure is the crucible of Lenten and um, of the dichotomy between um, Lenten and um, uh, Bacchanalian or um, Carnivalian um, morals. And in the end, Isabella emerges from that crucible victorious. She defeats Angelo. She exposes him as a uh, as a failure, as a moral failure. Um, she ransoms her brother almost as uh, deftly as uh, Christ ransoming uh, humanity. And in the end, she is uh, offered the chance to either become a nun as she wanted, or to become the duke's wife and therefore queen of the whole country. Taken at face value, it looks like it seems like a fairy tale ending, where this is the sort of person who should be governing, somebody whose morality is tempered with mercy. But Shakespeare's play is much messier than that. If you actually read it or see it performed, um, it has serious. It uh, raises serious questions about how helpful this particular um, concept is to women, especially since women are often blamed for any kind of moral failings in men, particularly when it comes to failings of the flesh. In most productions I've seen, Juliet in Measure for Measure um, is as mocked and as um, disdained and uh, um, and abused um, as uh, Claudio is. And in addition, Isabella, when um, when An Angelo um, demands that she uh, surrender her body to him, he reminds her that failing to do so will cause him to ruin her life, her reputation, 
which is really all a woman had back in this period. So Shakespeare does a good job of uh, showing the virtues of Lenten and Carnivalian um, uh, ethics, but also the limits and the patriarchal failings of such uh, rules. It's all very well and good to say we are allowed to be human, but very often um, women are um, are set to higher standards than uh, than men when it comes to um, standards of purity and piety. So, in conclusion. Shakespeare has an interesting um, relationship with the um, the concepts of Lent and Carnival, probably because of their dramatic value. They both represent extremes that exist within the human heart, and of course, drama is meant to show the form and pressure of all the emotions that lurk within the human heart. It is therefore perfectly understandable that Shakespeare would mine the theology and the uh, uh, the traditions of Lent and Carnival and Easter to create compelling drama that reveals the values of our culture and their uh, their virtues and their their limitations. If you like this podcast, please consider signing yourself or one of your children up for my online courses on Shakespearean poetry or Romeo and Juliet. I'm offering a special $5 discount through the month of February um, where you can take courses in uh, stage combat. You can take courses on Romeo and Juliet, poetry, uh, Shakespearean plays in general, Macbeth, and many others. Please also check out my uh, blog, theshakespeareanstudent.wordpress.com. Um, I'm also on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. Until then, see you next time.